What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? All right, welcome in. What's the spread? Another episode, another week of Talking College Football. Miles Markowitz here. Brad Mr. Brad Thomas. Thomas. Uh, all right. I mean, hey, we did our uh, we, we've done our two early top 25. We did our top 10 non-conference games to look forward to in 2021. So it only makes sense to go right into our top 10 conference games that we're looking forward to. Very tough. So I many to say. choose from. So many conferences. Like I felt at some point when I was making this list, who was getting left out? Like, because I felt like I was going to have to leave out some conferences. And there's plenty to leave out. Yeah. You know, uh, honestly, when you're looking into college football, especially these days, you know, we all know that it comes down to the Power Five conferences, but we also know that it comes down to uh, a select few Power Five conferences. Yes. And not to mention, you're an SEC guy. I'm a Big Ten guy. I'm sure that went into it. Uh, but hey, man, without further ado, let's just get right into it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have you start. Give me, uh, throw me your number ten. My number ten. Is this a game I'm so excited for? But I actually see it's going to be more lopsided than many believe. Number 10, Oklahoma versus Texas, October 9th. Listen, let's see how Sark's offense does against this new and improved Lincoln-Riley defense. I really do think that this Oklahoma defense is going to give a young young quarterback problems. And for me, for Oklahoma, Texas, and this is on my list as well, so I will save most of my uh, feelings okay. about this game for later. But I really feel like, and is it just me, or do I, I just feel like with Sark being at, at Texas, and I feel like he's going to be that good, yeah. I feel like Texas is an actual player now. But whereas Herman was there, I just thought, eh, they'll win nine games. Well, see, I think Texas is going to be a player, and the problem for me here is Texas is having a young quarterback coming in. Yeah. Not like Steve Sarkeesian hasn't had that first-year starter come in and be successful, a la Mac Jones, but I just think that they might be a year away. Well, and I, I don't disagree with that, but it doesn't it go back to what we always say about um, quarterbacks like Sam Ellinger, who he was never going to lose the starting spot, right? Yeah. But you knew how high you were going to get with Ellinger. Yeah. There's something exciting about moving on to a new quarterback. Man, that Casey you know, Thompson guy, I hope he wins the spot. Yeah, uh, same here, because I, I think that gives them the most dynamic play at, at, at QB. But And I'm sure we'll talk about more about Oklahoma, yeah. but I just feel like Texas here really is going to be a bigger player in the Big 12 uh, with Sark in, in year one. But as you said, probably you're a year away from being you know a national title contender. Yeah. But we'll, I'm very curious to see how Sark's play calling uh, you know ends up translating yeah. into being a head coach. All right, my number 10. Uh, this is my only Pac-12 game on the list. Uh, Oregon at Washington, November 4th. There's a couple reasons why I chose this game. Number one, I really wanted to include a Pac-12 game. The first thing I noticed was, once again, USC and Oregon not playing each other yes. in the regular season. That would have been my go-to pick, and it would have been much higher on my list. Um, I think this game determines uh, the North Division in the Pac-12. I also like that it's a November game, so it's going to be nice and cold in Washington. This is the kind of November game that I look forward to as a college football fan. Uh, and I think that, again, as I said, I think it's going to decide the division. Yeah, that is on my list as well, much higher, mainly because of the fact that it's at Washington. Because I think that should the game, you know, should we be excited about this game is Oregon, um, at Oregon and Eugene. I'm not as excited because I think Oregon... 
walks in there and Fair they point. run away with it. Yeah. Now it's a tough environment to see what happens with this Oregon team late later in the season on the road. Right. Could have playoff implications to it. I think absolutely. I I mean, listen, I think the Pac-12 is going to be a much more active participant in the college football in the conversation. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, there's they're going to be it's guaranteed they're going to be a bigger uh, factor than they were last year because they yeah, weren't a factor absolutely. last year. But but that makes it easy to forget about this conference. There's a lot of good teams in this conference. Arizona State's going to be good. I think Utah's going to be good. We know USC is going to be good. I think UCLA is going to take a step forward. So it was kind of hard to pick which game or, right. or which games from the Pac-12 I wanted to choose from. But you and I have been talking about Washington since our two early top 25. Yes. So I know that we're on the same page there that they're kind of a forgotten program like a lot of these Pac-12 schools. But definitely that uh, is one to keep an eye on. My number nine... And another game that could have been higher, but you'll start to see where my head's starting to go, yeah. is the Florida-Georgia game. Down here in the South, we love the Florida-Georgia game. Hell we do. Jacksonville. We do. This is going to be another exciting game. We'll see what happens uh, without Kyle Trask, but I think that the Florida momentum is still going to go a little bit. Uh, I think I still pegged them around nine games here, but it's really about JT Daniels. They own yep. Florida. This is their game. This is another game where... JT Daniels and Kirby Smart can really just solidify their stronghold over Florida Nation. And it's exciting and is a must-add to my list. I really know why we get along so well when we start doing these shows. Because this is exactly where I have this game as well. I have Florida Georgia at number 9. And looking at Georgia's schedule, by the way, for the first time, I knew they had that Clemson game on there, obviously. Yeah. Their SEC schedule it's is a weak. cakewalk. It's t- it's a cakewalk. When I, I looked at their schedule, and I like double taped because I like I put the schedule away and I started collecting my thoughts and I was like, wait, what? Yeah, and, and when we talked about Georgia Clemson uh last episode, I said that Georgia had more to lose in that game, but I don't know anymore because I really do think Georgia could sweep through their uh e schedule yeah. pretty, pretty pretty easily. easily yeah. Uh until they get to Bama, obviously, in the SEC title game, but damn, like what a cake schedule. And we don't really know what Florida's going to be. I mean, year to year, we don't know what these guys are going to be. But especially, you know, last year just seemed like a culmination for Florida and their they program. They lost so much they of that lost dynamic so offense. so much. It, it, it's not like going from, like, you know, if you talk about Ohio State or Alabama, where you go yeah. from a good quarterback to a very similar good quarterback. It's reloading. They're literally going to a totally different kind of quarterback in Emory Jones. Yeah. So, really, we don't know what to expect with Florida this year. The defense has got to be better because the offense isn't going to be as dynamic. Yes. Uh, I think Georgia is the clear favorite in the SEC East. But, again, this game, always a good one to watch. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to your number eight. Number eight, this is going to uh, continue to be a game that we go to. UCF at Cincinnati. Man. Uh, yeah, Brad, this is where I have this game as well. Uh, so, <laughs> back to back, we're going to be on the same page. Again, never compare notes. Going into these shows. That's amazing. UCF Cincinnati, number eight. Uh, this is my American game of the year every year, but this is a game that we were at last time it was in Cincy. We're planning on going to it again. Yes. It's going to decide the division. And we spent so much time talking about Cincinnati in our last episode because they have some great non-conference games. But this UCF program is going to be their biggest competitor in the American. Again, UCF is getting all of this transfer Just talent. So much. Coming in. It's unreal. Where it kind of scares me for Cincinnati because I was so excited for Cincinnati to run yeah. the table. I don't know if Cincinnati makes it out of this alive. Big advantage for Cincinnati to have this game at home. Big. I think there's no way in hell they win this game this year on the road. 
like they did last year, especially yeah. with the full bounce house. Yes. So huge advantage for Cincinnati had to have this game at home. It could be the deciding factor in the division. Yeah. Just the fact that they get to play this at home. But again, this is going to be one to keep an eye on because I really feel like with the amount of talent that UCF has coming in right now and DG going into his, uh, what, thir- third year third starting year, now? Yes. This kid is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. This Watch out for this UCF team, man. Uh, so we spent all that time talking about, you know, uh, Cincinnati versus Notre Dame yep. versus Indiana. To me, this is their second or third toughest game on their schedule. Uh, and definitely one that I have my eye on. So since we were the same there, let's go ahead and move right on to your number seven. I know my number seven is definitely going to be different than yours. Ohio State <laughs> at Indiana. I know yours, this is a top five game for you. It's it, it, it borderline top five for me, but you'll see there's some SEC love up top higher. Sure. <sighs> man. This is a big one. The and game that we were given last year? Yeah. Unreal. I mean, that that was a classic. Man. I mean, the fact that Ohio State had it in the bag, Indiana never stopped fighting, no. almost came all the way back from, I think it was a 28-point deficit at one point. But here's the thing, and this is another thing I feel like we've been talking a lot about, is where is Indiana really? Yes. Where is this program really? And we're going to see that again because they're in the Big Ten East. They play these games every year. But you get Ohio State at home. It's starting to look like, I mean, I'm, we're starting to see in a baseball, uh, these full stadiums. It's starting to look like we're going to get yes. an actual college football That's season That's so exciting. Here. So we got a full crowd for Indiana. I know they're going to want to push to make it a night game. It's probably going to be one of the biggest home games in school history. It's, for, oh my God. Uh, it's, it's going to be fantastic. For Indiana. Yeah. And when is that? Um uh, October, October 23rd. 23rd. All right. So yes. I think I think they play Cincinnati before that. We'll see what happens. Uh, but again, I think this Indiana program is, is here to stay for now. I, I you know, yeah. I, I think especially with Penix coming back, if he can stay healthy, uh, they have such a good coach in Tom Allen. Um, I really want this to at be the like, helm. And I hate the revenge tour phrase, but I really want this to be like a Penix revenge tour because this is the second time he's been sidelined with an injury. Yeah. I want him to be one of those stories of the guy who. Just came out, got that extra year, lit it up, and just put his name on the map. He went from a guy who was maybe a borderline second or third round quarterback draft pick to they start flirting with late first round. Even if he doesn't go there, I hope that he has that kind of season. Yeah, me too. Uh, rooting for the guy to stay healthy because he's so talented and he's so good when he's in the game. And for the Big Ten East, for me, it's Ohio State, Indiana, and don't forget about Penn State. Yes. Like Those are my three in the Big Ten East this year. So Indiana also playing Penn State. Uh, at Penn State, which is a revenge game for uh, the Nittany Lions. I had my eye on that one as well. Uh, all right. Number seven, this is where I have Iowa State and Oklahoma. Much later in the year than I thought, November 20th. Yes. Iowa State and Oklahoma, which is interesting to me that the Big 12 would schedule it like that because these two seem to be the favorites to play again in the Big 12 title game. It's going to be one of those back-to-back kind of things. They play each other. Really? And then you wait a, a week or two. Like two weeks, again. Yeah. right? So, and, and I'm not saying that's what I'm predicting, uh, but they are the favorites in the conference uh, going into this year. So, really uh, strange to me. I, I think there's, well, I already said this in the last episode. I think Iowa State loses to Oklahoma twice, but yes. especially with this game being in Norman, and then being a neutral side game. Like, how unfair is that? Like, that's you have tough. To beat, it's hard enough to beat Oklahoma t- once. Right. Now you have to try to beat them twice. Yeah. And neither you get to play at home. Exactly. Come on. And it's on the road. And then it's where you couldn't beat them last time. It's yep. where no one has beat Oklahoma uh, in Dallas in that neutral site for Big 12 championships. So tough sledding for Iowa State. But, you know, that's got to be circled as the Big 12 game of the year at this point. All right. Number, Number six. six. What you I uh, have. <laughs> Iowa State, Oklahoma, and I realize I have this game twice. (laughs) 
I must have been so excited. My man. Wait, so where else do you have them? Number two. Number two? <laughs> because what All I right. did was I started my list how excited I was. All right, let me just give you a reason why yeah, they're I, number two. I want to hear why it's that high. That's interesting. Go ahead. The floor is yours. This game, regardless of how the season goes for Iowa State, is going to be exciting because Iowa State is either going to be Cinderella trying to show up to the ball or they're going to try to be the Wicked Witch to spoil those playoff chances for Oklahoma. Regardless of if they're a two-loss team coming into this or undefeated, the implications that are weighing on this game will affect Oklahoma's playoff chances. And that alone makes it feel like a playoff game before the playoffs. Yeah, I would say uh, I would 100% agree with that. I mean, listen, with with these two clashing here, it's also, so for Oklahoma, right? They're, we know they're going to be in a playoff position. I think they're going to be undefeated by this point. I just think Oklahoma's just going to have so much firepower this year. Uh, coming back with a vengeance. And Iowa State, you know, keeping Matt Campbell, it's kind of one of those games where you, you stayed at Iowa State. Do you still have something? You I mean, you stayed at Iowa State. You stay at Iowa State. You have to prove it, right? Like you're, or you've got to prove that you got something. Just be the guy who's just gonna be right. so, have the statue outside with no accomplishment. You know, Iowa State cannot afford to have any early season slip ups. They've got to come into this game at least with only one loss. But either way, as you said, either way, it has huge implications because of the way that or how tough Iowa State has played Oklahoma, yeah. in years past. Uh, so. Definitely going to be a design factor. And as I said, very surprised that it was uh, scheduled so late in the season. We could see a back-to-back there. One thing I was kind of uh, excited about this matchup, too, was the lack of love Brees Hall's been getting. Yeah. And I went through and I, I think dug that, into but... the numbers a little bit. And he's still averaging like 5.1 yards per touch. Because what it was I thought, I was like, he destroyed the yardage, all-purpose yards. Was he just like not getting a lot of yards per touch? And 5.1 yards per touch is phenomenal. Oh, it's fantastic. How is he not getting the love that he yeah. deserves? I think this is going to be another banner year for him because when you have guys like Brees Hall who have that kind of talent and that kind of explosiveness, when they're getting no love by the press, what do they do? Prove it. They just try to prove it to you. And yeah. I'm excited for this team. I really hope they succeed. We'll see what happens. I mean, we got Brock check down Purdy there. So, and speaking of that, all all it takes, I feel like, is for uh, Purdy just to have a little bit of a downfield game. Yeah, because then that opens up Brees Hall even more, who I think is one of the best pass catching backs in the country. Uh, to your point, I mean, five point two. I mean that that's the stat that proves it there. That that's what I want in my college football running back. Yeah, uh, is Brees Hall. So we'll see if he picks up the hype train a little bit. All right, my number six. Uh, this is where I have Iowa at Wisconsin, October thirtieth. I think this decides the Big Ten West. I had Northwestern in my two early top 25, uh, pretty much out of respect. But I think Iowa and Wisconsin are the two best teams in the Big Ten West. And I think this game decides it. And this is a classic late October, early November, freezing cold game in Camp Randall. These are the games I live for, guys. These are the games that as a Big Ten fan, as a college football fan, that I look forward to. What do you think of Iowa-Wisconsin? The best part and the worst part about doing these these kind of lists, we'll go with the best part is that I get to hear games that weren't even, that even crossed my mind. Yeah. Like this game didn't even cross my mind. It's easy at first. to miss if you're not a diehard Big Ten yeah. guy. But the it's one of those. Worst part is now I feel like a fool because <laughs> that game should easily make my list. It's a game that you, oh my gosh. Like it's a for good me one. to just forget about this game entirely is, 
it just shows that like you know you're a Big Ten guy. Yeah, I'm sure. not a Big Ten guy, so I looked a lot at the SEC and and my number five. Yeah, go ahead. Is SEC Alabama at Florida? This is Florida's chance. Really exciting game every year. Every year you hear Florida Florida Gator fans talk more about trash about Alabama as if they're in the same conversation. Last time Alabama played Florida, what happened? Alabama at no point in that game was was going to lose. But Florida fans, the whole time, <laughs> will tell you up and down the street that they stood a chance they, yeah, against. We, they, stood, yeah. we stood toe-to-toe with the Giants. We deserve a playoff shot. Now this right. is your chance, regular season, when it matters the most. And also, when you lose all that talent. Because in college football, it's, what have you done for me lately? Yes. I don't want to hear anything about, well, when we, when we had Trask, yeah, and we, when we had this, we had trash this and year. we had this. No. This one I also have circled on my list, especially because I love conference matchups that we don't get very often. Yes. And in the SEC, there's so many locked crossover games that it's so rare that you get an Alabama and a Florida playing in the regular season. And the fact that they have Alabama going on the road, I think that it's going to be one of the toughest single game day environments that we see all year. So that's interesting for me where I feel like Bama usually just so calm and collected on the road, right? But I really do feel like Florida fans want this so bad. And that place is going to be rocking that night. It's going to be night. intense. I'll be down there. I mean, it is going to be on fire. So, I, you know, that's a part of the reason why I have it so high on my list as well. All right, getting into the top five here. Number five, this is where I have Ohio State at Indiana. Uh, you know, I looking back on it, I guess I came at this from more of a objective view, but I do have back-to-back Ohio State here. Really excited for this game, guys. But the fact that I still don't quite know what Indiana is going to be yet, and I'm hoping that they're going to be what I think, I went conservative, and I put them at number five. All right, who's All right. number four? Uh, Leah, I'll go ahead with my number four because I got back-to-back Ohio State here. Number four is where I put Ohio State at Michigan. <laughs> it, is this your number four <laughs> yes, as well? It was not gonna. It was not not going to be on my list. Yes. November 27th. Um, I find it absolutely infuriating that Michigan dodges us last year when it would have been in the shoe. Now we play them uh, in Ann Arbor. I think we should get this game at home because they dodged us. But hey, whatever. You know what? We'll go up to Ann Arbor. We'll beat their ass there, and we'll move on. But how can you not have Ohio State, Michigan on your top ten conference <laughs> list? Wait, this game was my number two. It was my number two at first, and then I moved it down because I was like, "Listen, by the time we get down to this part of the season." I don't know what we're going to have out of Michigan. Right. And after what they did to you guys last season, if Michigan is a subpar team, you guys are going to go out there and just destroy. This is going to be no mercy Ryan Day for for Ohio State, Michigan. Ohio State's going to let out some fuel. And uh, it's just an exciting game every year. I like seeing the little uh, red X's everywhere. All right. Uh, Go ahead and give me your number three. My number three, Oregon. Where's Washington? Nice. So this was really high for you. Really high for Explain me. Explain to me. Really high for me because of the fact that Oregon's traveling. Right. I, I think that this is another game where it's a must win for Oregon if they want to really establish themselves in the Pac-12 as the alpha, especially with no USC on their calendar. Yeah. Because I think USC's going to sure. do a very good job. There was a, And I'm going to throw in an, honor, an honorable mention because this should have been on my list. If we'd have done like a top fifteen, I probably would have added it. USC, UCLA. I think yeah. that out of these two games, USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, one of them is going to be uber important to the title race. 
I had uh, USC and UCLA, you know, flirting with my top 15. They were honorable mention because, again, it, but it also depends for me on can UCLA take the next yeah, step see, that I think that I think they're going to take. I think they are too. Uh, but I I have to agree with that one is that I think that one could end up being really important. But again, keep your eye on the Pac-12. And I like that you're, that you're giving them a little bit of respect here at number three. All right, my number three, which I think is your number one, but I don't know. I, I could stand corrected. <laughs> Alabama at Texas A&M, October 9th. This was almost my number one game, and you'll see why I could flip-flop number one and three. But man, after the preseason hype and the heat that we're wow. getting between Jimbo... And Saban, whoa. I mean, this just got real intense. <laughs> Jimbo knows what he's doing. This just got real intense. Everyone's worried about saying Jimbo's trying to play mind games. He's not playing mind games with Saban. No. He's playing mind games with those ticket prices. Oh, yeah. He knows that it's already going to be a sellout. Now let's add a little more notoriety. Let's add a little more headlines. He to knows this. what he's doing. Jimbo and wants that booster money. We were talking, or I was talking about Florida. I mean, my God, this Texas A&M game day environment this year where A&M really feels like they could take that next step. They're coming off a 9-1 season. Their only loss was to Bama. Whoo! I'll tell you, I don't remember Bama having two tougher conference road games in the same season in a long time. Having to go at A&M and then at Florida, that is no joke. So... I'm excited to see Bama. I mean, they're they're really going to be tested here in this, the SEC. The kind of schedule Bama has this year is they can lose one game and still easily be in the playoffs. Absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt, and you can't you can't argue with that. And then not to mention a stacked SEC West, but then adding the at Florida game. Yeah. Where usually their East schedule, they always play Tennessee, and then it's usually a Missouri or you know whatever. Yeah. But now it, it, it's it's the real deal. But Bama, Texas A and M is looking at that, and man, with all the preseason hype we got going on. That's going to be really exciting. And again, we've we've talked a lot about AM's program and Jimbo Fisher. You got to start winning these games. You, you have, have to. to. And, and and I'm getting chills just talking about it because you can't just rely on a nine and one record losing Alabama every year. Jimbo was sent there and brought there to win national championships, and you got to beat Alabama if you're going to get there. All right, that was my number three. I know what your number two is. So Iowa State, Oklahoma. Two? My number two is the Red River rivalry, Oklahoma and Texas. Oh, so amazing. And there's a lot of reasons why I have it. at number. Well, there's really one main reason that, that I had at number two. As I was making this list, and bear with me for a second. You checked it twice? <laughs> checked it twice. <laughs> October 9th. It's always in that spot. It's always in that early October spot. All right? Oklahoma, Texas, to me, when I'm watching that game, is when I really start to feel the college football season sink into my bones. Like Oklahoma, Texas, it's never not an amazing football game. It's one of the best rivalries in sports. I think that it's lost a little bit of luster over the years because Texas just hasn't, hasn't been on top. Up, yeah. But even having said that, they they've won compete. this game. Yeah. And they compete in this game. Oklahoma, Texas, to me, is college football. It's like college football season is, is getting into gear. Conference play is beginning. Early October. We're still in that sweet spot where we still have so much to look forward to, but we have enough behind us to really get a feel for where the season is going. Yep. And that that's what this game is to me. And it, it helps that, as I said, it's always a great game. But now you add in the fact that it's Sark's first year. Oklahoma's got so much hype. There's, there's just so many storylines here to this game that happen every year. But again, just... 
Sark at Texas, I, I think, is going to be a storyline that's really going to take shape. And it's something where he's... Re- I feel like he has to have a good season. Well, I've already, on, on Twitter, I've already put out a uh, Texas National Championship future bet and a Casey Thompson Heisman future bet. So you already know how I feel about Sark. And it's not because yeah. of what Texas has to offer. It's just because Sark is that good of a coach. They had the bones. Yes. They already had the bones of the team. Herman built a good program. He I just think, wasn't yeah. the coach to bring them right. to that next level. And I think that Steve Sarkeesian is a guy who was able to really find his footing as a coach at Alabama. And that's what Alabama allows you to do. And I think that he could be the best play caller in the game today. And you could have the two best play callers in the game today, Oklahoma and Texas. Because I think that Lincoln Riley is one of the best offensive minds in the game. But Sark's play calling is unreal. And I think that it's that kind of schematic thinking that can take a a program like Texas to the next level. But you got to put it on the field. It's, it's, it's got to be put into play. And man, I cannot believe we're going to get a real college football season with all these storylines and all these games. It's getting me so hyped. What's your number one? My number one is Alabama at Texas A&M. If I were to look at the Alabama schedule and I were to pick one game where I would be terrified of, this is the game. I don't think that we're going to lose. Like I, I, I don't think that we're going to lose. This Alabama defense is probably the best defense we've had since 2009, which gives you a little bit of cushion for when you have a, a future superstar quarterback starting. Good news for us is Texas A&M is going to have to find a new offensive identity. Yeah. Now, if we were going into this game against Johnny Manziel, we, we would lose <laughs> because we, however good our defense is, we don't know if we could keep up offensively. We don't know if we want to put the gas pedal to the metal with this fresh, with this uh, first year starter. But for me, it's just goosebumps, chills, just thinking about yep. this game. Bama, Texas A and M, to me, every single year is: Can A and M compete this year? Can they do it this year? Can they do it this year? And I find them being out of the game by the second quarter. Yep. For them, it comes down to: Can you stay in the game long enough to make it matter? I think back to that Clemson at Texas A and M game, where. Um, Trevor Lawrence came into that game, was kind of swapping with uh, Kelly Bryant. And AM found a way to stay in the game long enough to really get a chance to win at the end. It's something they have not been able to do against Alabama. And that's going to be the key. And that's also going to be the key for my number one, which is Alabama at Florida. For some reason, this game, and I think for me, it's just the fact that we'd never get this game. Yeah. That we never get this game. We And the fact that it's in the swamp and it's Alabama at Florida. And I know how bad Florida wants Bama. I mean, everybody does, but they just felt like, as we said, they just felt like they that they competed in that SEC title game where I watched a different game than Florida fans watched. Yes. Florida fans watched it with their blinders on. <laughs> but can you stay in the game long enough to give yourself a chance to win at the end, especially when you're the home team? It's something you got to do. When you're on the road, it's entirely different. If you're on the road, I feel like LSU has been the only team that's been able to beat Alabama on the road because they had Joe Burrow. Yes. But it's nearly impossible. But when you're at home, it's all about finding a way to rattle them early and find a way to stay in the game. For me, Bama at Florida, Bama at AM could be uh, flip-flopped for me for one and three because I think that the you know the eyes of the college football world are on a game where Bama is going to be challenged. Yes. Because they are the bar. Totally agree. So everybody wants to see where the bar is at now. Where is it at? There, and there, and there. This game, that game. 
And I feel like this season gives us those opportunities, really these two games, that I feel like give us this opportunity where how, how high is that bar, really? How high is it right now? Because when Johnny Manziel won that game against Bama, that was back in the early days of the Saban era when they were on the rise, but that was a game where it was like, okay, wow, they, they can be beat. Okay. All right. They can be beat. Uh, LSU almost did it because they, they, they beat them and yes. we're all like, Oh my Bama's God. Bama's vulnerable. Oh, and then Bama loses to Auburn. Oh, now they're really vulnerable. Wait. Everyone in America texted me yeah. saying the, the Bama dynasty's over. Because if they lose two games in the season, they it's said, be over, right? Good job. Good job of all those past trophies. You're not getting another one ever again. Yeah. Literally the very next season, what were we doing? We were down in Miami celebrating an Alabama okay, national champ. You were celebrating. I was celebrating. <laughs> you were celebrating the craps table. Yeah. Right. <laughs> sure. National championship. One thing I want to make note before we disappear. Yeah. Neither of us had the Iron Bowl on here. Yeah, you know, and for me, it's just the fact of Auburn is just in disarray. Are they even going to win six games this year? I, I mean, know. I mean, really, like I, I just don't I know. Think they do enough to get to a bowl game. Uh, yeah, I mean, six, seven wins is the ceiling for me. Yeah, uh, for them, and I don't know. Like for me, it was just. I don't know. Just where I was at. I, I just had these other ten games over. <laughs> Another honorable mention that I had, by the way, that I almost put in was. Uh, I think the, the game of the year in the Sun Belt this year is Appalachian State and Coastal Carolina yeah. are playing on a Wednesday night uh, sometime in October. I don't know. I just wanted to give some love to the that, group That was going to be on my list. I'm still, yeah. I'm, I still got my eyes on, on all these games. But the Sun Belt, again, is going to be fun. The, but Coastal doesn't play Louisiana uh, this year. So, anyway, um, th- there's a lot to look forward to. That's our top ten. And again, when making a top 10 conference games list, it's hard not to have Ohio State and Alabama. But can we talk about the team that we don't have on our list? With a terrible, a terrible conference schedule. <laughs> we didn't even talk about this before, but I know exactly where you're going with the this. Clemson Tigers. Oh my God. What a joke. They play a double A schedule in Their a weak ass as is, is ACC State. It's un just. Are you kidding me with oh this? Oh my god! So they got the game against Georgia, which I hope they lose, and then they're gonna roll through that ACC schedule just like they do every year yes. and make the playoff. I, I, I mean, it's just to, it's it's to the point where it's just wow. I, I I know that we've been saying that the ACC has been getting stronger, but I just, honestly, man, I just don't see it. Like, I've got uh, North Carolina up there, but Clemson misses them. Yes. Like, I've got Miami somewhere in the mix in the middle there, but come on, are they really going to take that next? It's just, it's hard to find a Clemson game that it's like, am, excited I, am I looking forward to that? When, if Clemson loses this season, they slip up. I mean, in conference play, they slip up. It's going to be a slip up. Is. Absolutely. Which is the Clemson story, which they've been able to avoid lately. But yeah, it's going to be a slip up. It's not going to be a big game. Uh, Clemson, Georgia is their season, really, yes. because then they just disappear after that. And I think that that makes it all the more likely that they do slip up. But anyway, I can keep going on and on. But man, uh, no ACC games because there's no ACC no. game that I'm that I got my eye on. I did watch the uh, North Carolina State um, spring game. They looked very promising, but not promising enough for me to think they're going to give. Yeah, Clemson a scare. and there's been a lot of hype around it. Um, NC State, you know, that's fine. Eight nine win season, but yeah. man. No, we're not here to talk about eight-win teams. <laughs> right. So, good list, man. That was a lot of fun. Guys, thank you so much for listening to What's the Spread. Start commenting, rating, subscribe. Find us on Twitter. That's what the spread underscore. And be sure to download the podcast. Have a great rest of the week.
Hey, Miles, you know it'd be pretty cool if there's a social media app just for sports? You know, Brad, I was just thinking that. Like a social media app where there's a feed, where you can post about your picks, see what others are saying about the game, and you know how I love to see how the lines move throughout the week. Well, you're in luck. Vigit is the best social media platform just for sports. When you download Vigit, use promo code SPREAD and create your account today.